Welcome to the Searching for Meaning podcast. My name is Gonzalo, and I'm joined by my brother, Tiago. Welcome. Greetings. And in today's episode, we're going to talk about random shit. It's another random episode. <laughs> and um, Random episode. I'd like to start... Like to start with something, you know, we were actually talking about before the the podcast started, which was our page, the Paths of Meaning page, the one where you probably found this podcast from, is absolutely popping off recently. It's popping, and um, so it took. I, I think it's been what six months, seven months since we started seven, the page. Seven, I think. And the the funny thing is, is that in the first five months, we got, we gained like a thousand subscribe followers and now in these two yeah. months we are at 3300 subscribers and in this week we've gained a thousand and yeah, hundred is... so what took us five months to do <laughs> now we did in one week which is crazy yes and i feel like this is one of those moments where we kind of see the uh we talked about this in the book atomic habits which is you do a lot of work to kind of tip yeah. the scale in your favor but th then once it tips it's just like the floodgates are open and you're like oh yes but then yep. the problem that I feel like could come up now is we would just coast on, you know, and be like, oh, we just yeah. imagine like we just keep posting the same things over and over and then it stops being as successful. I feel like most people would fail at that point would be because they, you know, they would like, I don't care, whatever. I already got my success yeah. kind of quote. Yeah, I think that's the difference between like really good in this case, we're talking about pages, but even relating this to companies like. That's what sets apart great companies from just average or good ones. It's like that ability to, once you boom, once you explode, to actually keep going after that. I think that's the the hardest part because there's like, when you explode, there's so many variables at play. Like, yeah. we have no idea what actually set off this explosion. <laughs> so, for, for, for us now, to like, I think the best strategy now is like to keep doing what we're doing until it eventually slows down a bit and then try to figure what maybe, what will be the like the necessary changes to make or what needs adjusting but it's different a difficult process yeah absolutely and i feel like you see i mean you see with this with every company that you know <laughs> i like how i'm gonna compare myself to like uh nikon and not, not <laughs> nikon to um Kodak yeah and, we're basically Nike. Kodak and blockbuster and nokia yeah we're basically nokia no but what you'll see and that can happen is you go up to, to that point for example nokia or nokia whatever however you say it in english they had 1 billion users at one point. 1 billion people carrying oh, around. fuck, I didn't know that. Carrying around there. I saw, I think it was a Time magazine the other day from 99 or something. Around that time. And it was like, uh, Nokia reaches 1 billion users. Can somebody stop the Titan? And now you see it's like, yeah, somebody fucking stopped them. Already. Yeah, yeah, it fucking stopped it. <laughs> but it's more like kind of they stopped themselves because they could have bought, you know, they could have bought BlackBerry and then they could have bought Apple. I mean, maybe not yeah. Apple, but they could have you know, adapt to the times. You see this, for example, I feel like one of the biggest examples is Blockbuster in the United States. Yeah, yeah so I was going to talk about they were like They were everywhere, at least from what I hear. They were everywhere. You could not go anywhere in the United States without seeing one of those fucking stories. And they have the, I think they have the opportunity to buy Netflix for $1 million. $1 million. Yeah, for the guy from Netflix like, okay, actually offered. You could just buy them so they don't fuck up your business. But you're like, no, no, that shit will never... No, no, people prefer to go to the store for some fucking reason. And then, look what happened. There's, yeah. I think there's Do one you know, blockbuster like, left. Yeah, I was, I was going to say that. That's the fun fact. There's like one blockbuster now, and you just, people just go there for like 
memories, nostalgia. <laughs> yeah. But Can you imagine? It's, it's no longer like a viable business. It's just and and like that's the the I think the the most relevant case because the guys from Netflix actually offered like the company to them offered no like for a million like for them it would have been a symbolic quantity one million dollars at the moment for them they were like a giant company it's almost like scraps for them yeah and but yeah you never know that's the business world the the marvel of it yeah I also saw this with um this was. Almost makes you sad example. So I think it was Yahoo. So they could they had the opportunity to buy Google for one million dollars. They rejected. Then later on they they tried to buy it again for three billion, but Google asked five billion, so they didn't buy it. Then someone offered <laughs> someone offered to buy Yahoo for fifth forty billion, I think, something like that, some crazy shit. They refused, yeah. and then they ended up selling for four billion, which you know it's still fucking a lot of money, but they could be yeah. The biggest, co- if that is true, I, I'm not claiming any of that to be true. But if that's true, they could be the biggest company in the world or close to it. Uh, yeah, that's crazy. Who is the biggest company right now? Is it Apple? Yeah, yeah. Uh, American is Apple. Okay. Yeah. And maybe in the world, is it like a Chinese one that no one knows? I think it's like a Chinese bank or a Chinese like oil company, some, mm-hmm. something like that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy, I think. So, another topic I, I kind of want to talk about. I've recently reread, or I'm rereading right now, one of the like the most impactful oh. books in my life, which was Radical Acceptance. Like you probably heard, mm-hmm. if you listen to this podcast, you probably heard me of me talking about about this book a lot, just because it's one of those. It was rec- so it was recommended by Tim Ferriss, not like not personally recommended. I don't know him. Yeah, <laughs> I was listening to this podcast. yeah Tim just told me. <laughs> hey, Tim, boy, what what, what do you think I want to read? No, so I was listening to his podcast. And uh, yeah, and he, basically he just he was like the describing the the amount of benefits that he got from this book, and there were so many from from them. And it's at first glance, it's like a woo woo book. It kind of sounds like a one of those Buddhist really uh like spiritual books. And but once you actually start reading it, and like the only reason I started reading it was because Tim Ferriss actually like recommended it and coming from Tim Ferriss at the time was like the produ- the productivity guy so you wouldn't expect a book like this coming from him but once I read it the first time it was one of the biggest impacts in my life because I've talked about this idea a lot but it's just the idea that not having bad thoughts or bad emotions isn't inherently bad and that, that they're just part of life and there's ways to handle it and yeah just like, so it had that first impact in me like two years ago I'd say and now I'm rereading it, and it's amazing how, first of all, how many things I've and concepts I've stopped applying in my life, just because I forgot. <laughs> but they're yeah. so powerful right now. Like I'm just reading one of the the practices that the author recommends is just like inviting pain over I- into your mind. So once you, whenever you like you you when you're meditating, instead of like maybe sometimes when you're meditating you feel like you start getting those bad thoughts and bad emotions. And what I like was noticing myself, the thing that I've been doing is kind of shutting them out and just trying to focus on my breathing just to have that tranquil state. But now with this, it's just like, I feel those emotions and I just like, okay, I kind of smile at them and say, okay, what do you, what do you need to say or express to me? And it sounds like fucking woo woo and hippie, but 
you you get that like one minute which is like really bad because all of those emotions are just bursting because you've been suppressing them for so long yeah. but then after that it's just like it's pure bliss because i think you just just feel so much more in touch with yourself because there's nothing you're avoiding anymore so that's the the kind of the mindset yeah for sure I'm and i feel like now. A lot. I don't. Did we talk about the book in the podcast? I don't think we not did. officially. We yeah, talked a lot of should, not a, a single. But yeah, we I, I noticed that as well. Uh, some weeks that I've been having were a bit more stressful. And you you kind of or I had kind of repressed. Like yeah, yeah, later. I don't have time for that now. And then yeah. once you and what happens is at least for me was most of the time you're kind of carrying that around. You're like you're more unease, unease, uneasy, unease, whatever. You're yeah, you know. You're more anxious, you're more, you know, upset. And then you're kind of like, what the fuck's happening? And then when I took like a second to just breathe and meditate, you're like, oh, this is what's happening. And yeah, you really need to, or I believe that you need to let that, you know, come up, come out. And then you're, you're good. But so much of what we do, and I was reading, um, what was it? Oh, the, that book, a monk, The Monk Who Sold His Ferrari. I read like the first 10 pages. And he was talking about like the guy who worked with him was a lawyer. Like super stressed, he was always stressed. Uh, like he couldn't, he couldn't sleep only two hours per night because he would wake up stressed Whoa. about I have to work on the case and shit like that. You know, he got to be maybe the best lawyer at the time, but then he had like a, a severe stroke, almost killed him. And then he went to live with the monks, or no, he went to India, sold everything. Spoiler alert. There you go. But yeah. <laughs> but then he, he came back and he looked at him and he was like, he looked fifty years younger looked another a complete person because yeah. i feel like that's what, what what was happening carrying that shit with you like every day more and more builds yeah. up and you never let it go that's why you see for example i believe presence of the united states especially like when they start and then four years after they look like they yeah, it's like Obama. because it's, it's that accumulated stress you know yeah it takes a toll on your physical body but it's all in your yeah, mind there's... no it's all in your mind uh-huh it, there's definitely something to be said about like the relationship with stress and your health. It, it it's been proven like uh, at this point it's been proven by a lot of studies. But I think we kind of forget how impactful it is. And now I'm kind of like I'm really noticing it right now. So right now I'm like in this past two weeks. So I've been living in a different place, which is really like in nature. Just like I'm not doing that much work. I've, I have a lot of free time. So like. Basically, no stress in in my life, and I can see. First of all, I like working out at the gym. I have like amazing levels of energy, something like I've never had really before. And it, it's the only thing that's changed is really the levels of I think stress in my life. It's just such a more laid back place, and I think being in the middle of nature also helps a lot with that. And so, like, I'm able to crush every single workout, and despite being way more active, like in I have like an active volunteering job and always like riding the bike everywhere so there's really no more sitting down that much uh, throughout the day and but you, you just get more energy and like even noticing like the the gains from the gym it's just all those things start piling on when once you have those basic things that you would never think about which in this case would be stress and i guess sleep would be the big the big pieces of the puzzle that people i think like over like overlook yeah but you notice a lot in like like you said, the presidents, they, they look so much older. and then But the thing is that you, you can also gain those years back. Recently, we're talking about like a, a football yeah. coach here in <laughs> Portugal. Uh, and the guy, like, 
he was yeah he was, he was coaching one of the like the big clubs for a while and like his face is just like he, I, I mean at the time I didn't even think about it but he just looked old yeah it just looked really old and then now he, like he went coaching like a one in the Saudi Arabia what was it Saudi Arabia and now like I saw an interview from him from him on TV and it's like it looks ten years yeah. younger it's like what the fuck and I think the only thing that changes now like it's a much more low stress situation it's a uh, Saudi Arabia so he's still coaching but yeah, it's not the same level of importance. So yeah, and then he also took some vacations, and said. like you can you can really see that shit. And this leads yeah. me to something I, I want to talk about that kind of blew my mind this week. Uh, and I don't think I talked yet or already about this, which is the defining your fears that Tim Ferriss and Seneca talk about. So Tim Ferriss talked about this mm -hmm. in his TED talk, which is you know in self development you usually have a lot of. Uh, people just saying like, oh yeah, you should, you know, visualize the best possible scenario, visualize your goals. So that's, you know, all that, which can be helpful. But I feel like now kind of looking back, most of the time, it just puts so much pressure on you and makes you, you know, once something goes wrong, makes you like lose your shit because like it's not going according to the perfect plan. No. And so what this exercise talks about is instead of that, define what scares you and then see what's the possible worst possible scenario. Let's say you're starting a company. What's the worst? So maybe, you know, uh, you lose all your money. Then your parents also lose all their money. You can't go back. You have to go sleep on the street, eat from the trash, whatever. Let's say that's the worst case scenario. And then you think, is that, yeah. is it that bad? You know, are you really going to die? <laughs> Not really. Most, like there's probably a 0.01% chance of that, but most likely you're not. Most things that scare us, let's say uh, you're going to, you have an important meeting. Is that really, you know, what's really the worst that can happen there? Like, imagine everyone yeah. laughs at you. You, you get shoot fired. your pants and everyone that's laughs it. at you. That, let's say that's the worst in your mind possible. And then, you know, after two hours, that's it. And if you can't work there anymore, good, you can find a new job. But it's, it's not as bad as you think. Because what I believe is the brain, if you don't, you know, listen or kind of go through, okay, what's really the bad? It's always go to death. It's always death that you're afraid of, you know? Because it's like, oh, I fuck up yeah. here, and then there, da, 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 and then I'm going to get killed. Then I die eventually. But so, but what happened to me was I, I had a, a meeting, and I was like kind of nervous. And so on the bus there, I was like, okay, let me, let's see, what am I nervous about? And I was like, huh, define the worst. And it was, and I kind of visualized, okay, what if this happens? I visualized, and it's like, okay, it's cool. Three hours after, I'm not there anymore. And then I was not, you know, nervous anymore or anything. Because... It's, yeah. it's kind of that, what's that quote saying? It's like, uh, hoping for the best, but expecting the worst kind of thing. And you you could feel like it would be, oh, no, that's bad. But I feel like that's much better than just thinking about, this is going to go great. Yay, you're the best champion. I feel like that's much more harming than, yeah. than the opposite. Because, because I think when people try to do that to get their mind out of nerves or something, it's kind of faking yourself. Like, it's kind of lying to yourself because you know what's the... You know you're fearing something and you're anxious yeah. about something. And so I think when you actually try to put that fear into into a place, once you can actually see the fear clearly, it's like it's like Yoda says, uh, fear named must your fear be before banish it you you, you can <laughs> or something like that. But the idea is that you you must first know what yeah. the fear is to, to know it. And like I think that just knowing it is like half the halfway there to like dealing with it. Because most times you're just like anxious because you don't really know 
what's the scenario you're dreading. So in your case, like maybe you're in the bus, but you were dreading something, but you didn't even quite know what it was. You just had this mental idea that something bad is going to happen. But once you actually say, I'm going to shit my pants, I'm going to not be able to, to talk properly and everyone's going to laugh. Once you actually like see that, it's like, yeah, I could go through that. And we can, because as humans, this is also a concept I read a, one, a year ago, I think, in a psychology book, which is like he, the guy, the author, Daniel Kahneman, which is a famous psychologist, he calls it the, that we have a psychological self-defense system. So it's like when things go extremely bad, you can always bounce back in general. Most people, once, once you're like in a, a really bad situation, you can deal with it, at least in the moment, just because you have to, to survive. And I, that's what I'm, what I'm noticing. Like, if I go back to the like with the most stressful times in my life, or like those really big, like when, when, when I was in a situation which was really stressful, like I could always deal with it just because I think your brain just automatically knows what to do. And so it's not that scary once you frame it that but way. But yeah, but you kind of have to go through it. You, and I remember when I look, watched the TED Talk of Tim Ferriss, I was kind of like, yeah, I'll watch it, but I don't give a shit about this. Sounds dumb as fuck. <laughs> I was like, what? what's the fucking purpose of this? <laughs> but now it, it really makes sense, especially for the important decisions. Because uh, I, I was seeing, as cheesy as it may sound, the Will Smith video when he skydove, skydived out of a plane. And he was kind of saying, like, uh, yeah. the most, you know, the, the moment you should really be scared is, like, when, he's, when he looks down and his feet are dangling from the plane and he's about to jump. Every moment before that, it's not really rational to be scared, you know? Why are you scared the night before in your bed, you know? Are you in danger then? No. And then he says that after he goes, you know, through that fear, then he's kind of, he's free, completely free. And he ends with the quote, is like, uh, God put the best things in life after fear. All right? So you have to go through fear. And I feel like for most people, the best things they're going to ever get is exactly that. It's the things that make you nervous. Because if you can conquer that nervousness, then not only do you feel very relieved, you feel very proud and a sense of like meaning and achievement. If you're very scared of like giving a public talk and then you give one and it goes well, even if it doesn't go well, that's the good thing. Even if it doesn't go well, just yeah. you putting, putting yourself up there, going through it and then like later looking back at it, it's like, fuck, that was incredible. That's kind of a, the moments I feel like make life you know, when you see those montages, those summer montages kind of thing, that's what makes life feel like that. Like that it was worth it. That this shit's good. Yeah. Yeah, and like from a personal experience standpoint, it was always like that. Like the, the those moments where I felt like I was in a montage were, were they were always after something that caused fear in me. Like without a fail. Like it make it, I just I, I was just thinking even like when I the other day, the other a couple a couple of weeks ago or more when I broke like a a PR in the gym, like before going doing and doing the lift I was scared, and it, it's like a it's scared because like lo- the lots of things can go wrong and your brain just starts kind of like yeah. hyperventilating and stuff. But and then you just you just do it, and at the end of it even if I had failed I didn't but so it felt even better. But even if I had failed I feel like I would. I would have still been like really happy because you faced that fear, so you went through it and you came out on you. You, not, you didn't even need to. You don't even need to come out on top. You just need to come out of it, you know. And I think that's the 
the, the also the best example I think every anyone can relate with this was like yeah. school presentations. So if you're like most people, no one likes doing presentations. It's one of like I think it's not yeah. a, a universal fear. No one wants to speak in public or everyone dreads it. And in school you had to do that, but the thing is even if you sucked when you did it, I always felt better after yep. doing it. I was like, oof, I did it. It's like that feeling of relief. And I think that's with most things in life. If an evolutionary standpoint, but I just can't even rationalize it. But it's definitely, I think, something that holds true. Yeah, and like that fear, it's, you know, it's truly... It's, you should kind of appreciate it. I, I'm not saying that you should be scared every day. Like, do that quote there is, do something that scares you every day. I think that's a bit too much. Th then you're living on a... If you know that there's always something scary about to come, then you're living in a, a state of anxiety permanently. But maybe, I don't know, maybe once, once a week or once a month. Because, you know, humans, we always search for a routine, something that we can kind of hold on to. The problem with the routine is, is that it's comfortable by its very nature. You can get comfortable going to the gym. If that's your routine, you're kind of like, yeah, I'm going to go to the gym. Da, da, da. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's important to sometimes break the routine. It's crucial to have a routine, in my opinion, but it's also crucial to kind of break it once in a while. Maybe, so like you did, you kind of went to a new place because it's only by doing that that you, your mind is exposed to new shit that then you can you know, bring something back with you. Mm -hmm. Let's imagine, for example, we're both from Portugal. Let's imagine our ancestors from 500 years ago or God knows when didn't decide to, you know, let's explore the world. People didn't know. People only knew their fucking land, you know. Can you imagine that? You only know your country. That's all you know exists. And you're not even sure if the north exists because you've never been there. Yeah. And then some crazy motherfuckers build a wooden boat and they decide, you know what? Let's just roam forward towards the sea and we'll see what the fuck we find. Yeah. But it's needed. That's not always, but... Without that um, motivation, without that drive that I feel like it's most in men that you find that, then no progress is made. I even said that quote the last episode about the unreasonable, unreasonable man, and I, I'll share it again, which is, uh, I have to search it once again. But it's a good quote, friends. Don't turn off the podcast. Woo! Unreasonable man quote. So the quote goes as follows. The reasonable man adapts himself to the world. The unreasonable, the, the unreasonable one persists in trying to adapt the world to himself. Therefore, all progress depends on the unreasonable, unreasonable man. Well, my speaking is not very good. Which quote? But yeah. Who wrote uh, that? Um, let me check. So this was by um, George Bernard Shaw. Yeah, I've heard that quote before. Yeah, George Bernard Shaw. Yeah, yeah but so it, it is exactly that. Because most most good things you have today are due to crazy fucking people who decided like... So, for example, the iPhone that most of us carry in our pocket, in our hand, whatever. If it wasn't for, uh, you know, everything Steve Jobs did was very unreasonable. He, qu he quit college. You think that was reasonable? If he was to be like, oh, no, maybe I shouldn't do it. Then he would go according to like his parents and like, oh yeah, maybe you should finish and then you can go and do all that. Not saying that you should or that it's right or not, but just saying that without that quote-unquote crazy motivation, then, you know, nothing of that greatness would ever come out of anyone. Mm -hmm. 
yeah, you said I think you need a, a certain level of crazy once you're doing like really shat like when you're once you're in, involved in projects that can have the potential to to shatter like standards, which was the case with Steve Jobs and with most things that really like the internet, even like creating the the internet or the 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 computer. It's it's always like like you think you think before like the internet was made, the guy you like you could you could explain it to people. You you can't like I st it's still difficult to explain to people what the internet is. Yep. And we have it as an example to show. But imagine before. Well, how do you even describe it before it exists? It's like a a, a web of, of you can't even ex I I can't. I'm like I'm not the, inside the the topic, but I can't even try to explain it to people. Yeah. And it's 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 crazy. Like a couple a uh, couple decades ago, no one could have could have thought that this would be such an a normal thing. And it's also it's funny, like the in the ways how we, how we try to predict the future. So we always thought our idea of future is always the flying cars and like portals and spaceships and stuff. But like I I argue that the internet is way more impressive than a flying car. Like who cares if you can fly a car when, when you you have access to all the information in the world yep. at the tip of your fingers? It's like we have no idea what progress will look like in in a couple of decades. Just like a couple of decades ago, we had no idea the internet would have been a thing. Now, we have no idea what will be a, th a thing in the future, but I feel like yeah, there's always even, going to be that Even the other day thing. I was showing you um, a new technology called ray tracing, which is so pretty much... Um, so video games and like CGI all now, when you see the shadows or the light hit an object, they have to create that light, you know, by hand. But now this with this technology, it's kind of... You know, you define a point where the light's coming, and then the the object kind of reflects it by itself. And what you'll see is that when this is applied, there's brief moments where you can't even, you know, you can't even distingu distinguish from kind of what is real and what is not. It's, it's absolutely insane. If you go on YouTube and you just search uh, ray tracing, something like that, you'll see, and it's it's absolutely Insane. Um, there was this one thing. It was like they were in um, how how you call this shit? Uh, it was like a a house simulation. There was this burger on top of the table, and um, oh wait, one second. So our call fell, and now we are back on again. Uh, yeah, I was I was talking Technical about the, difficulties. the ray tracing yeah. technology, and I was saying I was saying okay. like the there was this house simulation, and then you go and there's a plate with a burger on it. And it looks absolutely, when you ah, zoom in, yeah. if you take a pic of that and you show it to someone, they cannot distinguish that from a real work. And it's it's one of those progress. It's like it's crazy. two years ago, no one could say like, oh yeah, that's going to be possible. Maybe you could think of it, but there was a point I remember people were saying like, oh, have you reached the peak of what graphics can look like? And then there's always the next thing, you know? Yeah, you never know. Like, I, I remember like 10 years ago, maybe, what's like... I remember playing the game Killzone, so I think it was Killzone 3, or, or, mm -hmm. and the graphics at the time, is like, they were mind-blowingly real. I don't yeah. know if you remember that, but I looked yeah. at that game, it's like, this is the pinnacle of gaming. There will never be another game that can beat this quality. And like, I saw it the other day, it's like, it's meh. Nowadays, it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's good, but it's not that special. If you compare it nowadays with like the new Call of Duty, it's like miles away. And it's so or the crazy. battlefield games are all that. Yeah, it's and insane. It's you can apply that with everything. I, I also remember like 
playing just like the basic games like we like Sly Cooper. We we play that a lot. And now like at the time the graphics didn't even look bad. They looked good because at that time that was like the best quality that we had. So we kind of got used to it. But now yeah. I go back and it's like, oh <laughs> this was But this to was... to be fair to that game the graphics are kinda of, they're iconic, I'd call it. Yeah, they're iconic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. They have their the their own special character. But if you go if you go to judge yeah. by by raw quality, it's nothing like we have but at the time it, it looked like because we had nothing better, it just yep. looked better. I think it's crazy how our expectations. Affect it's all. Them. It's all a matter of perception. That's kind of yeah. You know. Oh wait, I was, what did I heard about perception that was kind of mind blowing as well? I think I talked with you about it. That was perception, not your perception. I don't remember. But yeah, um, I was also. I remember like when we got the PlayStation Three. I remember like going from the PlayStation Two to the Three. It was, it was mind. Mind-boggling how good the graphics <laughs> yep. went from one to the other. Yep. But now, if you go play one of the games that we bought at the beginning, it's like, yeah, it's whatever, it's normal. Yep. And yeah, it's. But I feel like that it's that with everything. Like when the BlackBerry was around, it's like this is the best phone. You pick a fucking BlackBerry now. It's a shit. It's shitty. It's yeah, like, it's, what, what it's is shit. this tiny keyboard? What is this? Yeah. And the same it's... thing with the first with the first iPhone. If you grab, it's still decent, but it's like ugh, this. Screen is tiny, and at the time it was like, "Oh my God, the screen is enormous." <laughs> yeah. So it's it's all a matter of perception at the end of the day. Yeah, it it is, but it's it's strange because I vividly recall in my mind things looking better than they yeah. did. I remember playing Assassin's Creed, and it's like, "Whoa, this is the best thing that will ever happen." And now it's like I go back to the the old Assassin's Creed. It's like, meh. It's and yeah. It's all, it's all, it's all mental to a certain point, which makes me think like nowadays we are seeing the, like the, the new burger technology that you were talking about. And it's like, in my mind, that can't get more real. But yeah. imagine that in 10 years, we're going to be like, oh my God, that looks so fake. Yeah. Are you going to, are you going to be like, yeah, but now I can taste it in the game. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's kind of, you can just kind of look at it. That's kind of shitty. You guys just yeah. look at things. Yeah. Oh. I can, I can 3D print it now and just eat it, you know? Yeah. And that's all. That's why it's <laughs> when you see the the generation gap, it's because it's so hard to keep up. Even for us that we're like twenty, around twenty, both of us. Yeah. If you go to like a thirteen-year-old kid, you can't. You you look at him it's like, what the fuck is this retard what, what is this looking guy at? Doing fucking Fortnite. And it's the same. <laughs> it's, it's always the same way as the older people look at you. If you go like it see a, a young kid that watches a lot of like react not even reaction videos because that's kind of common still to us but there's probably some shit we're not even aware of. like if, let's say slime when it was popping up like slime what the fuck is that for me slime the thing you just squish around yeah and that being so popular and like it's like what the fuck i had no idea that was popular i have no idea yeah, what you're talking see, about you're, you're older right? <laughs> yeah. and that's why it's, i feel like it's always also almost impossible to to, to kind of adapt not because for example we have her young sister, which is three, she was born with an iPhone on her hands, pretty much. Like, it's just part of who she is from the moment she was born. And so she's going to be so much more, you know, that all this is going to be much more intuitive to her than it is to us. And we think it's yeah. like, yeah, this is super intuitive. But maybe she's going to be like, I don't I don't even, we can't even imagine, like, three phones at once, like, one in, you know, <laughs> it's going to be crazy. And and that's kind of the, the, the beauty I see in all this, is that when you know young people come up 
And then there's always old people saying like, oh, that's shitty. Like all these companies that went down, it's always old people saying like, what the fuck is that young guy talking about? Streaming but, your movies? Yeah, buddy, please. It's but always it's, that. Like, I think that's just such a human tendency. Like yeah. even us, I can see myself like, oh, it's back in the like, fuck are these? like Fortnite. Yeah. Back <laughs> yeah. in my days, we played League of Legends and that was a shit. <laughs> but yeah, and then like the old people, it's like guy. in my day, we read, we read newspapers. They're all on their phones. But it's always yeah, kind of the same thing. It's just a different vehicle. Yeah, it is. For why, it. I, why do you think at, we as humans have that? Like we always tend to shit on the new thing, and if we're not inside the new thing, we always shit on it. it, it I don't. Very <laughs> ego, very ego type of thing. Yeah. it's also like the, that resisting resistance to change. I think we all have as humans. I think it's just like a, a human factor, which like probably served you well back when you were in like living in tribes. Yeah, it stuff. served you well for all of humanity except now, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So we still have it, but now an related topic, just a fun yeah. thing I, I listened to today. Do you know like Warren Buffett? I think he does this every year, but he has like a an auction. Where he basically he auctions him like a lunch with himself. Goddamn! I don't know if you heard about it. I had no so, idea. Yeah, yeah. I think it was yesterday, and the auction like like lots of people won it because it's Warren Buffett. It sold for four point five million dollars for having a lunch with him. But and the guy who bought it was like a one of the owner of like a Bitcoin company and stuff. Yeah. Which is funny because Warren Buffett has publicly voiced that he doesn't like he doesn't like Bitcoin as an investment, and I think. I think the guy's just like gonna try to convince him otherwise because anything Warren Buffett says like has a huge impact on the market. So I think he he sent out a tweet saying he didn't like Bitcoin and like it it fell a lot <laughs> and I just like he's at that point of influence influence in things which is crazy. But it's so funny like you touched on the Warren Buffett thing and it's so funny because him and I feel like this like going going full circle to the first thing we talked about in the podcast of like you know it's kind of like hockey stick type of thing and just keep building up so warren buffett lives just a quick fun fact he lives in the same house that he bought in 56 i think and he's yeah. he's the third richest man in the world. he's moving markets <laughs> and, he, and it's so funny because he really from what i can see he just really likes investing because it's not for the money why would you live in that that house why would you drive yeah. a ford cheap not shitty car but yeah and even this charity you know? this auction thing was for charity he just gave all the money yeah, to because charity. he has billion he's like he doesn't <laughs> yeah four million it's like nothing for him and that's why that's what i see that you know with the podcast for now for us i see that it's one of those things that i can do you know people can listen people cannot listen that can be money or no money but it, it's just yeah, do it. you're just you're just <laughs> driven to do it because it kind of fulfills you inside and i feel like that's yeah. warren buffett he's just fulfilled by trading stocks that's just his thing yeah it was like, it was, I think it was him, I saw his documentary. He was selling, you know, Coca-Colas. When he was like 12 years old, he would just go to people's doors and be like, Coca-Cola? <laughs> and then, yeah, <laughs> like for two cents, two yeah. pennies or shit. It's just what he is driven to do. And I feel like nowadays, you know, the the thing that you having a lot of options, you know, you can do anything you want, especially with the internet. You, in theory, you can do all you want. But that sometimes can be even worse because if you only had two options, you'd be like, hey, I did this, but the other was kind of shitty. So, yeah, right choice. If you have one billion options, you're like, hmm, this one, no, that yeah. one, no, that one. Yeah. And you could, yeah, in theory, go a lifetime doing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Mark, I think it was Mark Manson that first talked about that idea that I listened to, at least. 
which is, you gave the example of like someone who has like two flavors of ice cream to choose from. From like so, if you had chocolate and vanilla, mm -hmm. it's much easier for you to make a choice than if you have like ninety nine flavors of, of ice cream. Yep. And besides that, when you make the choice, you won't be as satisfied because there's so much more that you perceive that you, you could have. So I think it's the fear of missing out thing. Just and that's like more relevant now than ever. Yep. I think the fear of missing out with Instagram and social media in general. So like, you feel like if you're not there constantly, you'll miss. You're not even with, like even like with text messages and stuff. If you feel like you're not glued to your phone every hour, it's like oh my god, I'm gonna miss the 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 me text message that will change my life. Yep. And you may not consciously say that to yourself, but your actions reflect that. Otherwise, why would you just say like why would you look at your phone every five minutes? Yep. You're expecting something that will change something, yep. and it, whether you acknowledge it or not, I think it's it's kind of the yeah, it's that fear of missing out, it, and it's more prevalent now than. Yeah. Never. I was also listening to Tim Ferriss talk about it, which is something he he struggled for. I think it's an old it's an old podcast, but he was like, he, he was talking about how how difficult it was for him to not always be investing in new startups because he always felt like this could be the new Twitter or yeah. the new Uber because he has invested. Yeah. Just a own. quick side note. I I was seeing an interview from him the other day. So he invested in the early rounds of Uber, Twitter, Facebook, and fucking Venmo. So like. Tim Ferriss is much much it's richer amazing. than I fucking know, <laughs> like than I have idea. Yeah, and it's it's also funny because Tim Ferriss, yeah, like, and then it, this is what kind of bothers me is that you don't see Tim Ferriss in a Lamborghini. You don't. You see Tim Ferriss like learning how to draw. You don't. You don't see him at all. Yeah, it, it's exactly <laughs> that. And sometimes I was like kind of sad, like, oh, Tim Ferriss is not number one podcast, but it's like I don't think he really cares to be honest. He doesn't care, and he was for Tim, a while. Now, like, when he was, like, really going at it, it, it was, like, the number one podcast. And I remember, like, if you had a commercial on Tim Ferriss, the things, like, if, if he promoted something, it would sell out the next week after he released the podcast. There was, like, this wasn't even a commercial, but he just said, like, he liked eating a, a type of canned sardine from yeah. Walmart. It's fucking sold out, <laughs> and it's Walmart. <laughs> it's, like, we have no idea how much... It also shows you kind of the has. power of... Inter like, this is for me, I'm kind of getting into inspired. I'm going to go back to the thing you were talking about of missing out. I noticed now recently, because I was always having that, I kind of had the breakthrough, which is like, okay, so I'm always afraid of missing out on the next thing, but that means that there's always the next thing. So you don't need to, I don't need to worry like, oh my God, our Facebook ads going to rise the cost? It doesn't really matter because there's always the next thing, you know? Yeah, that's going to happen, but then something else is going to pop up. And I feel like, it is needed to go through that anxiety of like <gasps> missing out. Oh, it's okay. Missing out, it's okay. And once you miss enough shit out, you're like, well, it's gonna happen again. History kind of repeats itself. Yeah. Once you realize it, it's not that important. Yeah. Like, once you miss out on on, on like, you just you just can't miss out on the important thing. Yeah, and that's, that's it. okay. Well, I think it's let's go on to this thing to finish the podcast. If you focus on yeah. the basics, and this is hard for me for everyone, I, I believe, sleep good, eat good. Uh, you know, live good, you know, <laughs> if you do that long enough, and now I'm, I'm really seeing that, now it's kind of popping up, it's, shit will start to, you know, go right, if you do, if you yeah, do right things, things long enough. That's so fucking but true, it's, man. <laughs> because your brain, it's just so hard, because then you see the pizza, you want to eat the pizza, then you see the new business, you want to just, yeah. fuck what you're doing right now, go to that. And it, it requires, it's kind of that, it's patience, 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 patience. It's just, I think... 
it's just kind of automatic once you get those things in, in check. Like, if you sleep... Like, right now, I'm, I'm noticing that. I'm sleeping, like, really good, constant eight hours, going to bed at the same time, waking up at the same time, no stress, always eating good, and, like, daily levels of yeah. activity. I'm just, like, it's me on, on steroids, <laughs> basically. Because, like, every every decision is way yeah. more easier. Like, if, if I have to make the decision of going to read a book and going to social media, it's much more easier for me to now say, I will read the book. Just because everything is yeah. in check. And I think once you get everything in check, it's just so e much easier for you to take. Yeah, and there's even that good quote from, um, I think it's Tim Ferriss. If you want more tranquility, do less. I don't know if it's Tim Ferriss or Marcus Aurelius. But, you know, look it up, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> Google it! <laughs> but, Google but, Yeah, it's just... And it's hard, you know, because if things are going well, you want to add more shit to go well. Like, okay, this is all in check. Let me put one more thing and one more thing. But we fail to realize that sometimes it is just not adding any more of anything. It's just maybe, you know, maybe, you know, you wanted some spice it up. How about you go travel for a weekend and then you come back. But don't like fuck up everything. You know what? Shit's going really well right now. I'm kind of bored. How about... I switch my diet, my workout plan, and my but business. That's Let's exactly go, baby. what. And then you go back to where you were. And <laughs> even when you're good, like that's exactly it's, it's be, well, I'll what just you want finish. to do. Like right now, everything like my workout program, which there's no reason for it. I'm gaining muscle. I'm getting stronger. So why would I eat? Why why would I ever want to change it? But there's still that like small voice in me, like ah, you could get more results if you just change this bit. If you yeah. add this, and no, it's like no, it's working. Shut up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, my friends, I think we can end with yeah. this. And uh, I'll just leave you with a question. What can you remove from your life to make it... Or what is causing you a lot of anxiety that, number one, would not cause you that much pain if you would fail or neglect and that you can remove immediately? Think about that, and we'll see you next week for a book review of A Book to be Determined. If you want to recommend something, uh, go up to our page at Paths of Meaning on Instagram and uh, send us a message. Until next week, bye-bye. Bye. -bye. bye.